Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. So we're going live this morning on Facebook for this reason, because I told somebody earlier this week, I'm really good at doing about 15 things, and then when you throw me to 16, I just fall apart. Right? Anybody relate to this? Truth is, I'm probably good at about four, and you hit five, and I'm done. So this morning, we are working on some new technology, some new uh, stuff with our Facebook service, because we're, we're really treating that as uh, every bit as much of our family as you all are, right? And I, put, I just tell you, I pushed the wrong button. I put the feed in the wrong spot. We had an echo that was hor- so horrible, you couldn't hardly understand what was being said. So I thought, all right, I blew that one. I told Christine, I said, delete it. And we are going to go ahead and try this again. So let me just take a minute here and talk to our family out there on Facebook. I don't know if this feeds any better than the previous one. I'm hoping it is. I'm not sure how the audio is, but I'm hoping you can hear me. And I just want to say, sorry, um, sorry. All right. So we're going to do this. This is a do over. I think that's what they call this a do over this morning as I preach the message and uh, I hope it comes through better. If it doesn't, next week we'll try it again. You know what you, know what you do when you fail? That's it. You get up and you go at it again. And you know what happens when you fail the second time? You guys got this, man. Awesome. That's right. You get up and go again. So love you guys out there, uh, our family out there in, in, in Facebook world. We love you guys. And I mean that. I really do. So glad to have you with us today. I want to share a message. I believe God spoke to me for you. Maybe for all of you, maybe for just one of you. That's how much God loves you. He's been known to give messages just for one person. But I happen to believe this morning maybe it'll connect with more than just one. Hey, let me ask you a question. It's simply this. Um, Do you believe in destiny? Do you believe in destiny? Absolutely. I do. I believe in destiny. Look at that. Hold those up. This is just like the last six weeks. You guys are great. That is hilarious. Somebody, Ruthie, bring me one of those. Bring me me the thumbs up. You guys out there got to see this. This is what my congregation just did for me, okay? Forget amen. We just do thumbs up from here on out, all right? And and, and hearts. You see this? You guys guys are the best. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is great. You 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 keep that up. You keep that up. If you believe in destiny this morning, what's keeping you from your future? If you really believe in destiny this morning, what's keeping you from your future? Let me tell you a story, okay? This is a true story. I believe it's a true story. Every reason to believe it's a true story. Millennia ago, and yeah, I said said it that way, millennia ago, God spoke to a man. And he told this man, he said, listen, I'm going to make you a promise and I want you to travel. I want you to travel from the place that you now live. I want you to travel to the land that I'm going to show you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your family and I'm going to strengthen you and it's going to be an incredible journey. And this man set out on this journey and because he believed God, he had faith in God and he believed the promise and he traveled to this land that God led him to. And you know, when he got there, he, he found there the same the same influence, the same success, the same blessing of God there that he had had where he came from. 
As a matter of fact, when he got there, he got to this land of promise. He, he saw that God blessed him even in a greater way. Now, he went through some hard stuff. He went through some hard times. He went through some fire. He went through some drought. He went through some struggles. But he saw the blessings of God upon his life. But it gets even better than that because the promise that God made to this man when this man got older and had a child and started having children and, and reached a place where he passed on into eternity, God stepped in and said, I take the promise that I gave to you and I'm giving it to your child and to your children. And in this land of promise, God poured out his blessings upon the child. And when the child got old, he poured it out upon the grandchild. And when the grandchild got old, the grandchild now has 12 sons he poured out the same blessings upon the twelve. They had a destiny. They had a future. You all believe in destiny? Does God have a future for you? I believe he does. Now things got challenging in this land that God took these men to. And in the time of the twelve, Things got so, you all understand living through a world-changing event right now. You, you guys get that. I could have preached this six months ago, and we, you'd be like, okay, yeah. But now we really understand it. Well, there was a world-changing event that took place in this. They, the Walmarts were empty. They had no food. They went to the bread shelf, and there was no bread. They went to the milk cooler, and there was no milk. Worst of all, they went to the toilet paper roll. And there was no toilet paper. It was horrible, right? And, they, and, it got, and it was so bad, it got so bad that they finally, they had two choices. They could have stayed in the land of promise and risked starvation, or they could leave and go to another country. And they left. They went to another country. They went to a, a neighboring nation. But here's what happened. When they got there, when the 12 got there, they, they looked around and they began to realize God is blessing us here just like he blessed us back there. And these people in this new nation that they went to, that, that they, they went to just to survive, God continued to bless them there and they prospered and they had influence and, and they did really well. And pretty soon the 12 became 20 and the 20 became 200 and the 200 became 2,000 and the 2,000 became 200,000 and their, 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 their generations were blessed and strengthened and did better and better and better. And then one day the king in this land got up and he looked out the window and he realized, if I don't do something, there are going to be more of them than there are of us. And they're going to decide they're in control and they're going to kick me out and they're going to kill me. And he made a decree. He said, from this point on, he said, every baby male son that is born, you will kill him. Genocide. You will execute him. And it says, if you read the story, it, it, it's in Exodus chapter 2. It says this, and God remembered. What I believe God remembered was his promise. And God, out of that moment, in that moment when he saw his people, he had made a promise to, he saw them, he saw them enslaved, he saw them put into slavery. And that's really what this is. It's a story this morning. It's a story of a promise. It's a story of slavery. It's a story of freedom. And then it's a story of a wall. He saw his people enslaved, and he said, that's enough. I remember my promise. He said, I'm going to lead you out. And a man by the name of Moses rose up, and he began to lead his people to the promised land again. 
Now, I don't know about you all, but if I was in that train, if I was in that march, if I was in that group of people, and I know there's a lot more detail to that, but if I was going back to the land of promise, if I was going to the future that God had for me and the destiny that God had for me, I would have been so excited. I would have, I would have been out in the front. Let me lead the way. Let me get up front. And I suspect a lot of them were. And, the, and there was a lot that happened in the 40 years to get them back to the promised land. But they got back to the promised land. And this is where I want to pick this up this morning, where I want to jump in. They got back to the promised land and they crossed over the Jordan River and they began to walk into the land of promise. And they hit a wall. The wall was around a city called Jericho. Any of you all know the story? The wall was around a city called Jericho and they hit the wall and they realized unless we get through the wall, we're never going to be able to get to the promise. You may be thinking, Pastor Barry, that's great. What does this mean for me? Well, let me put it this way. Walls take a lot of different forms. Y'all believe you have a destiny? You have a a God-ordained future? Is there something holding you from your destiny? Walls take a lot of different forms. Sometimes walls are brick and mortar. Sometimes walls... Sometimes walls are emotional walls. Anybody ever struggle with those? Sometimes walls are relational walls. Sometimes walls, sometimes walls, sometimes walls are made out of our history. Disconnecting with anybody this morning. Is there, have you got a piece of your history that you wake up every morning and think that's who I am because that's who you used to be? And it keeps you from going into the land, the place of promise, the destiny that God has got for you. Is there anybody here that you get up every morning and, and you struggle with your emotions, you struggle with depression, you struggle with anxiety, you struggle with those things that consume you, you struggle with not feeling worthy, and you know God's got a destiny for you, you know God's got a future, you know God's got a place He wants to take you, but that wall just continues to hang there in front of you. Is this anybody? Walls take a lot of different forms. What's the wall in your life? See, I can't tell you this morning. I don't know. I could tell you some of my walls, but that wouldn't really help you any. What's your wall? What's keeping you from the thing God has called you to do and God has called you the person God has called you to be? Let's jump together this morning to Joshua 6. I want to read verses 2 through 5. Uh, We had this set up on Facebook so they could all watch as well. That's not going to work out under these circumstances, guys. So I'll just need you to grab your Bible and your Bible app if you're out there and follow along. And and you can listen. And let me just read this and let's look at this together. The Lord said to Joshua, I have given Jericho into your hand. You shall march around the city once for six days. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpet. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall flat and will fall down. Let me preach this morning a little bit about a wall wrecker. How you become a wall wrecker. How you become that person that can blow out that wall that's holding you back. I look at this passage this morning and I see two pieces to this that I want to share with you this morning. The first one is this. It may be that you have spent your whole life struggling with that emotional thing. You spent your whole life fighting against that wall, trying to break through that wall that's relational. Or you spent your whole, whole life trying to bust through that wall that's history. It may be an addiction. It may be, I don't know what it is, but you spent your whole life trying to break through that wall. And you're like, Pastor Barry, I've tried this and I've tried this and I've tried this and I can't seem to break through this wall. And the thing this morning that I need you to understand and I need you to grab a hold of and I need you to get is 
You can't do it alone. Right? Let's look at this. He said it. Let's look at the scripture. This is the way that uh, it was written in Joshua. Notice this. The Lord said to Joshua, this is God speaking. The Lord said to Joshua, I, y'all see that? I have given Jericho into your hand. Get this this morning. If you're struggling with walls in your life, you need that big I, that capital I. We call him God. We call him Father. We call him Jesus. You need God to step into the situation. You need a moment of the supernatural to be able to break through so many of those walls. Amen? Put the thumbs up. Let me see them. Y'all still with me? There you go. Whoever thought a year ago this would be the way preaching went, right? This is funny. You guys are the best, man. You need the supernatural. But I also want you to see the next part of this today. There's something not only that God has to do, but there's something that you have to do. Look at this piece of this verse with me again today. I want you to see this part of it. I'll fake it. Our screen's a little off here. You said walk around the city once for every six days. First part's Pastor Barry's paraphrase. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the wall of the city will fall down. You all see that word right there? Say that last word. The wall will fall down. Okay, now wait, 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 wait. You all got to get this, okay? Two things happened in this story, all right? First of all, God stepped into the thing, and the supernatural took place, and God said, I will, I will defeat Jericho. I will bring down the walls. But the second thing that happened was what these men, they marched around the city. They took steps. Now get this this morning. If you've got a wall in your life that is keeping you from the destiny, that is keeping you from the future God's got for you, if, if this morning you are struggling with a wall in your life, the first thing is you need God to step in. But the second thing is you need to step out and take a step. Y'all say that. Take a step. You've got to step out and take a step. If these men had never stepped out and taken the first step on the march, God would have never stepped in. There's two pieces to this. Let me just give you some steps this morning that I believe will absolutely set you up to step into the, the destiny, the future that God has got for you. Because I know this morning God has got a future and God has got a destiny and God has got a blessed place and God wants to prosper you and God wants to make you a person of influence and God wants to make you a person that makes a difference in this world. I know that to be true this morning. And I want to show you this morning what, what, what it takes. And, and, and listen to me, I, I'm not going to give you some super, uh, 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 I don't know, unique, never heard before, three, th three things you've got to do that will make you a million dollars. If I had those things, I'd go do them and I'd make a million dollars. Right? But I'm going to give you some very practical things that, that will absolutely set you up to see the walls in your life destroyed. See if this doesn't make sense. The first one is this, the first step that you have to begin to take, the first thing that you have to do this morning is this, you have to begin a relationship and ask for help. Now listen to me this morning, everybody in this place may already have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe. And maybe you don't. But even if maybe you do, it's not where it ought to be. And let me just say this to you this morning, if you want God to step into your life and make a difference, if you want God to step into your life and do the supernatural, if you want God to step into your life and, and you want him to tear down that wall, if 
place to start is to make sure that relationship is in a healthy place. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, I had parents. How many of you had parents? Right? That, that would be everybody. There's really no other way to come into this world. Right? And I learned with my parents that um, when they were happy and our relationship was good, it was a lot better time to go and say, Dad, I'd like $10 than when I hadn't talked to him in two weeks and I wasn't really getting along with him and he wasn't liking me very much right there. He always loved me, but sometimes he didn't like me. Dads can say, man, you all get this, right? Uh, it's just the truth, all right? Is your relationship with your heavenly Father in a good, healthy place? And if it is, then you know what? Do the ask. Father, help me with this wall. That's step one. I'm a runner. I know I don't look like a runner, but I'm a runner. I'm not a good runner. I'm not a fast runner. I'm not a skinny runner, but I am a runner. And one thing I've learned, right, about running is the hardest step I ever take in any run, you know which one it is? It's the first one out the front door. If I can get the shoes on and actually get the front door open and step out, I can do most of the rest of the runs. That first step is the hardest. And being willing to make sure that relationship is right and being honest with yourself and saying, God, is there something in there? That can be the biggest one. Let me give you a second step, though. You begin with that relationship. You begin with that ask, God, help me with this wall. But that's not where it starts and it ends. That's the first step. There's always a second step that has to come past the first step. And the second step is this. You find time. You talk to God. People, people tell me, say, Pastor Barry, I don't know how to pray. Now, we've been praying through the Lord's Prayer. I'm hoping maybe that's helped Helps you a little bit with your prayer life. We've been using that as a model. But aside from that, what I tell people is, and I've never met anybody, I don't think that, that this is true of, um, if you can't talk, or if you can talk, you can pray. And it's amazing when people walk up to me and say, Pastor Barry, I don't know how to pray. Do you know how they're saying that to me? You all with me here? Follow my logic. They're using their words to say to me, Pastor Barry, I can't pray. And I'm thinking, if you can talk, you can pray right? Right? If you can talk, you can pray. And if you want to take that next step, the first is the relationship. The second is this, begin to talk to God. Begin to spend time with God. Begin to take a little bit of time in the morning and listen for God's voice. Begin to say, God, you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to pray King James. You don't have to know how to, to, to speak in old English. You just need to open your mouth and express your heart and say, God, I'm hurting right now. God, I'm challenged right now. God, I don't believe this is where you want my life to be right now. God, I need your help right now. And begin to spend time with God and begin to talk to God. And then take God's word and begin to open it and read it. That's revolutionary, isn't it? You know the crazy thing about America? I, I know, Pastor Barry, where do you want me to start, right? No, the, the crazy thing about America that I'm talking about right now is this. We probably have 20 Bibles in every house. We all have access to multiple free versions on our iPads and our phones, and, and yet we read God's Word less than we've ever read it before as a people. Isn't that crazy? You want God to break down the walls? You say, Pastor Barry, how is that going to break down the walls? Because here's the thing. Do you know who the ultimate wall wrecker is? 
The ultimate wall wrecker is, is God the Father. It's Jesus Christ. Do you know how to become a wall wrecker yourself? You spend time with the wall wrecker. You become more like the wall wrecker. You be, the more like Jesus you become, the more likely you are to knock that wall out of your life. I'll give you a third thing. I want to give you this last thing this, this, this morning. This third step that you have to take. The first one is make sure your relationship is right and ask. The second one is time with God. Talk to God. Learn from God. But the third one is this. The third one is, is, is maybe the most challenging and the one that I see so many people struggle with. And the third one is this. You have to be patient and you have to be persistent. Anybody here ever go and eat fast food? You all know every last one of those restaurants lie. They are not fast. When I now listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the upper middle class white American right now. Okay, so just work with me here. All right, I'm, I just I I know I know, I'm stereotyping myself. I know I know if I've got to sit in that line for five minutes, it's not fast. Talk about a 21st century American. I mean, you know, go back 100 years and talk to somebody about getting an entire meal in five minutes. But nowadays, they're lying. It's not fast. The best Wendy's, let me me throw a shout out to the best Wendy's ever, because a lot of them aren't all that good. I, I probably shouldn't be saying this on Facebook, but there it is. It's the truth. But the best Wendy's I ever went to was up in Castleton, up on the northeast side of Indianapolis, many, many years ago, 20 years ago, I worked up there, and this Wendy's was so good, they had it so together, that by the, t- literally, this is, I'm not even exaggerating, this isn't a pastor speaking elastically, okay, this is true, you could give your order, and by the time you traveled from where you gave your order to where the window was, they would literally, many times, have the food hanging out the window, I actually rolled up to this window more than once, and they were irritated with me because it took so long to get my order. I'm like, I love you guys. We went to that Wendy's a lot. But here's the thing. We want God to do in our lives what we want Wendy's to do for us with meals. And God ain't Wendy's. We spend a whole lifetime pre-Jesus, building up walls and messing up our future and getting off course of where God wants to take us for our destiny and then we, we want God to step in and in five minutes fix it. God is awesome. God is amazing. God could do it, but I'm going to tell you as a rule, God is not the five-minute fixer. Persistence and patience are the way the walls come down. And if you will do that, if you will pursue those three steps, if you will do your part, God will absolutely do his part and step in, and all of a sudden you're on a journey. You're on a journey towards the promised future that God has got for you. Let's look together one more time at Joshua's journey. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 12. I want to read a few of these passages as you go on this journey. The priest took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after them. Let's read a little further. And they walked around the city once, 
and returned into the camp, so they did for six days. And on the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. And it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. One more. Read this with me. And at the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now catch this. Get this, okay? How many days did they walk around the city? Now listen. Coming from the guy that wants five-minute fast food, day one, maybe, you know, I'm feeling really good. Got my hiking boots on. I'm all about God, and he's going to do the supernatural and put me out in the front. Day two, I'm like, okay, we can, I, I get it, God. We, we're with you. We're, we're going to go around. But I'm going to tell you, on day three, I'd be about like some of you all. I'd be like, really, God? Is this about over? Are we all, God? See if this rings true with any parents. Are we almost there yet? Anybody in this room? Are we almost there yet? This is what we do with God. God, we're on a journey to get that wall knocked down. Are we almost there yet? Day four, day five, day six, patience and persistence, and it gets hard. For five days, they're marching, and I'm telling you, for five days, six days, five months, six months, whatever it takes, are you praying? Are you talking to God? Are you spending time with God? Are you letting God step into your life and break down that wall? You know how you, George is a brick mason. George, I may be wrong, but I think last time I watched anybody lay bricks, they, they laid them pretty much one brick at a time. Is that fair? Bricks have a way of going up one brick at a time. So why do we think that when the bricks start coming down, they ought to come down by the thousands? Sometimes they come down the way they go up. That's why it takes time and it takes patience and it takes persistence. If you've got a wall in your life that is keeping you from the destiny that God has called you towards. Let me ask you this morning. How many of you have destiny? You have a chosen, you believe that? You have a chosen journey, a, a, a chosen future God's got for you? What's keeping you from it? What's keeping you from it? Let me give you this last little piece here before we bring this to a close. very end of chapter 6, Joshua steps in and he relays something God says. Because I believe this morning God wants to break down some of your walls or begin taking bricks out of a wall that you have in your life. And I want you to see this as the wall comes down. I, I want you to hear this warning. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. He says this in Joshua 6.26. Look at this. Joshua 6.26. He tells them, he says, Cursed before the Lord be the man who rises up and rebuilds this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn shall he lay its foundation, and at the cost of the youngest son shall he set up its gates. Now, now get this, because I, I, listen, I don't stand up and preach just to be able to give you information. When God gives me a message, I always start it this way. God, I believe you've got a word, you've got a message for somebody sitting that's going to hear my voice, whether it's sitting in the sanctuary of the church building or it's sitting out there in a living room on Facebook or it's sitting in another part of the state on Facebook or around the world. I believe it's for a purpose. We preach for change. 
here at Souls Harbor. I always preach for change, and I believe this morning God has given me this message because he wants somebody in this place this morning to begin to see the walls or the bricks fall out of the wall and begin to set free to move towards their destiny, what God's called them to be, the way God's called them to be blessed. But the temptation you will struggle with, we all do, is we want to rebuild the wall. You understand what I'm saying this morning? God sets me free from whatever it may be. God sets me free from a relationship that's a wreck. God sets me free from an addiction that's holding on to me. God sets me free from an emotional thing that I've been carrying around baggage. God sets me free from anger. God sets me free from temper. God sets me free. God does something like that. He sets me free, and and I'm beginning to feel good, and I'm beginning to feel free, and I'm beginning to feel like I'm taking steps and moving towards the the place of promise God has got out there for me, and all of a sudden something happens, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that's ever had this happen in my life, but all of a sudden things are going really good, really good, really good, and then there's this crazy, bizarre I don't understand it in the moment, urge that I want to turn around and pick up a brick and put it back on my wall. What? And I think we need to remember this passage. He says, don't rebuild the walls of Jericho and and understand the depths of this this morning. Did you catch the last part of that? If you choose to do that, if you bring the wall back into your life, it will not only impact you and influence you, but it'll influence your kids your firstborn, those that are watching you. So as the wall falls down, my friends, let the wall stay on the ground. Right? And when you can't take it anymore, when you feel that crazy urge to pick that brick up and put it back in your wall, listen, you're not in this alone. A great place to start is go back to talking to God. God, help! Don't think I don't have bricks that I want to put back in my wall. And in those moments, in those times, I have to go to God and say, God, Help me. I I need to feel the presence of the living God. I need, I'll open up the word of God and I'll read it. But not only that, I've got people in my life that not only can I go to God, but I got people in my life that I know and that I trust, that know how to keep a secret, know how to be confidential, that I can go to and say, listen, I need your help. I need somebody to know what I'm fighting against. Right? Don't put the bricks back in the wall. Don't let the enemy come and tear down, build back up what God is tearing down. This morning, this is the way I want to bring this to a close. As I said, we always preach for change. I always preach for change. And this morning is about your walls. It's about your walls. It's about your promised land. I want you all to do something for me. Will you close your eyes? You don't have to bow your head. Just close your eyes for a moment. I'm not going to sneak up on you. I promise. And I want you to picture in your mind what your promised land looks like. I want you to imagine in your heart this morning what your promised land looks like. Maybe it looks like a brand new car. Maybe it looks like a better job. If it looks like a better spouse, you need to just erase that and go a different direction. What does your promised land look like this morning? Maybe it's a healthy relationship. Maybe it's freedom from something in your life that's got a hook in you. What's your promised land look like this morning? And I want you to say in the depths of your heart this morning, I want you to say something. You can speak it out loud if you want to. I want you to say this. I want you to say it's mine. God's promised it to me. It's mine.
God said he'll give it to me. It's mine. No wall's going to keep me from it. No wall's going to hold up. It's mine. This morning, my friends, God has a promised land for you. He has a promised land. And if you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins or you're cold, you, your relationship's grown cold, then this morning, take a moment and say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I've got stuff in my life. I've got sin in my life. I've got stuff between me and you, God. And right now, I, and I'm serious, I, I, right now, right where you're at, pray this prayer. In, in, in the depths of your heart, pray it. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. I want a relationship with you. Forgive me for my sin. I choose to, a, a different life, a different course. Take that first step. And if you're sitting here this morning and you've done that, will you take the second step? Y'all look at me again. Will you take the second step? Will you do it? Will you begin to spend time with God? Will you begin to let Him take down those walls? Will you begin to do it? Will you be persistent and be patient? I'm watching my clock because we're going to be out of here at noon. I keep my word. I'll tell you a story. A quick story. About persistence and patience. You all know, and I've shared pretty transparently, openly with this church about struggling with depression. Matter of fact, a bunch of months ago, it got to the place where I said, I called and I asked for the, the, the directors of the church to come and the elders of the church and pray over me because it was, it was getting that, that bad. And trust me, as your pastor, I've been praying and praying and praying. It wasn't, wasn't a lack of prayer. It wasn't the issue. And they came in that morning. They prayed for me. And I'd love to tell you that it just completely went away just like that, but it didn't. It was a, it was a brick at a time. And here's how good God is. Here's how God works. That prayer was following after a whole lot of prayer on my own. But then my wife and I, we went on vacation some months later. And while we were down in uh, Alabama at a family member's of of hers, we stayed with a a, a cousin of hers. She came out and she said, hey, I've got a couple books. I want to give you one of them on audio. I want you to I want to give this to you. And she put this audio tape in my hands. And I don't even remember the name of it right now. Uh, I did at the time. And we listened to it all the way from southern Alabama all the way to Indiana. And you know what the thing was about? It was about how the brain works. It was about how chemicals in the brain work. It's, it's about how it causes ADD and how it causes depression and how it causes anxiety. And it was from a medical doctor. And it was about how exercise and diet can make a difference with depression. You all see, you, you see what I'm saying? Because you say, well, that's awesome, Pastor. What a great coincidence. No, 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 no. That's how God is. Prayer, prayer, and then all of a sudden something very practical. There was a book put in my hand, an audio book. And I listened to that thing. And you know what I did? I got back home and I begin, literally I began to take steps. Literally I began to take steps. And I began to walk one mile a day. I began to cut out the things in my, my life, the foods that were causing me a problem. I raised the amount of sleep I had. I went from sleeping six hours to sleeping seven and then a little bit more. And, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a day. It wasn't a week. It wasn't a month. I can't even tell you that now there's not days where I come back and I still feel that blueness coming on me, but nothing like it used to be. It was a brick at a time. It was a moment at a time. And I've watched God across the course of the last year break down that wall in my life. Y'all have heard probably the the story of the 
the couple stuck on top of their house and the flood waters were coming up. The, the hurricane had brought in the flood and along comes a boat and they've been praying and say, God set us free, God set us free, God, God deliver us. And the boat come along and they said, no, no, you go on, sir. We're, God will take care of this. And pretty soon another boat come along and they said, no, no, sir, you, you go on. We're, we're waiting on God. He's going to take care of this. And then a helicopter come along and lowered a, a ladder and said, uh, we want to get you out of here. The waters are coming. And, and they said, no, we're, we're waiting on God. We're going to take care of this. And sadly, they drowned. And when they got to heaven, they asked God, God, why didn't you come and save us? We believed we had faith. And he said, look, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? I know that's a really old story, but it's a really good point. Don't rule any way of seeing your wall torn down out. You understand what I'm saying this morning? All right. This is what I want to do. we got four minutes, and we're going to be out of here. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. I'm not going to give an altar call this morning up here at the altars. That would violate social distancing, um, sadly. But right where you're sitting, I want you to make an altar. I want to ask you a question. Is there anybody here that you say, Pastor Barry, I've got a wall. I'm not going to ask you what it is. It's not something I need to know, and nobody else in here does either. But Pastor Barry, I've got a wall, and I really want this morning God to step in. And I'm willing to take the steps, and I'm willing to believe God. Would you pray for me? If that's you, I want you to put your hand up in the air and just hold it there for a moment. There's quite a few hands all over the place. Awesome. And let me pray for you. And you know the things to do this morning. You know the things to do. And uh, let's pray. Father, right now, I pray over those that, and just several all over the sanctuary that put their hand in the air. And God, even possibly out there in our Facebook family, God put their hands up and said they need you to step in. So this morning, I pray over them. I pray and I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, set them free. Break, God, the walls down. Begin to knock the bricks out of the wall. Begin to step in and do the supernatural. Begin to bring into their lives the things they need in order to see this wall destroyed. And God, we ask you to step in and work in the supernatural as well. Give them the courage. Give them the faith. Give them the strength to be patient and persistent. Give them the hope and the promise, God, that, that they will talk with you and they will spend time with you and they will learn about you and they will become more like you and see their own lives become a place of wall wrecking. Father, this morning we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Two minutes to go. Now listen, I'm a pastor that usually this goes an hour and a half. I've never preached a 20-minute sermon in my life. Well, I probably have, but not very often. So I'm going to use my last two minutes. Love you guys. I really do, and it's so good to see you, and it's good to be seen by you out there. I hope this actually came through and you could hear it this morning. And I got hearts off all over the place. You guys got any hearts for me out there? Let's see if I get any hearts on the feed. Anybody? Nothing? Oh, uh, there, there. Yeah, all right, all right, good. I was afraid there was no love out there. It's like, wow. I must, have met, I must have pushed the wrong button again on the second feed. That's not good. I'm going to close this uh, morning with prayer. And uh, just remember our offering baskets in the back. I'm going to pray over the offering this morning and uh, pray for our missionaries. I want us to keep remembering our missionaries. And uh, if you have any prayer cards, drop them in, and we'll be praying for them this week as well. Let's pray, and we're going to let you out of here. Lord, we love you. My goodness, you are so good. It's just so good. And I pray this morning as we leave this place and in this service, 
that, God, you would go with each one. You would bless them and strengthen them. I pray over this offering this morning, those that are giving online, those that are giving uh, in, in, the, in the boxes in the back, however they choose to. God, I, I ask you to bless them, not because of what they give or how they give or the amount they give, but because their heart is, God, I want to see your kingdom come into this world. Father, I ask you to bless them in Jesus' name. We pray over our missionaries. Lord, I ask you to take care of their needs. I pray, God, that we as the family, the people of God, will continue to lift them up in prayer and, and continue to care for them and connect with them. And God, meet their needs. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We look forward to getting together with you again on Wednesday in our Bible study. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.